Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. KCBS Radio, original podcasts. Senator Dianne Feinstein is back at the nation's capital this week after being absent for nearly three months. The senator has been here in the Bay Area recovering from shingles. Her absence had several lawmakers, including Representatives Rokana and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, calling for her to step down. She's weeks shy of her 90th birthday, and the discourse over her appearance in the media this week has been rough. And it's re-sparked conversations about her ability to serve in the Senate, something that's been talked about a lot in the past few years. So what are the consequences of her holding on to her seat? And why is it so complicated to talk about aging in politics? From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mallory Samara, and this is Bay Current. To get some insight, I caught up with James Taylor, professor of politics at University of San Francisco. And there's been a lot of discourse, I mean, not just today, not just this week, but in the past few years about her being at her age and still serving and being insistent on not retiring. What were some of your initial, you know, professional, you know, reactions to the news this week with her? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi came out and tried to provide some cover uh, when Ro Khanna and other members of Congress came out and from the Democratic column urging that Dianne Feinstein resign or get off the scene or get back into D.C. And Nancy Pelosi pointed out that she, you know, there were men that were older in leadership in Congress in the past and currently, not older than Dianne Feinstein, but older as individuals, and that she didn't see anybody ushering them off uh, the scene. Of course, people are concerned about both Biden and Trump around the age issue. I guess, you know, with with all of our sensitivities around all of the the various identity formations, you know, ageism has become a a real issue that has been challenged and not accepted the way it had been in the past. Um, In other words, the same person that will defend the transgender uh, individual now will defend an older person against ageism. And so that kind of mobilization around identity has actually expanded it to bring older people in. And in this particular case, you know, my reaction to Dianne Feinstein's delay of coming back to Washington, D.C. has been, you know, there had been a campaign, like you said, for a long time. It was a tongue-in-cheek California politics that made the point, but there was this whole idea of where's Dianne, you know, for for about a year. It's like, where's Dianne Feinstein? And 
Of course, when she voted against Amy Coney Barrett, she caused even more consternation with Democrats when she openly embraced Lindsey Graham and, you know, act like everything was fine. She didn't really understand the the seriousness of the moment. And so, you know, I'm glad she was able to make it to D.C. It's interesting that she did that um, because there was a lot of pressure. And, you know, if you're, you know, if you're not helped well, uh, you're not well. And yet she, even with shingles, showed up. Um, But she doesn't look good. You know, she looks like she's had a stroke. Um, She has one eye open and it doesn't look good. It's not the way anybody older wants to be remembered in public. And she came on the scene in 75. You know, so we're talking about 50, 50 plus years of leadership. In fact, as I've understood it, she got involved in politics by joining Willie Brown on a, a protest about the housing segregation in the city. And as we're working on reparations, the, the irony is, you know, that was one of the first things that brought Dianne Feinstein into politics was the injury to, one, you know, the, the city's most famous black person, Willie Brown. Um, you know, Dianne Feinstein comes from a tree that goes back to John and Phil Burton, uh, Willie Brown. And, you know, she was a part of the Year of the Woman in 1992, which was considered the Year of the Woman when she came into elect power uh, in terms of the Senate. Um, Nancy Pelosi, Barbara Boxer. Um, Dianne Feinstein's always been the sharpest amongst these outstanding Democratic women here in Northern California. She's been like an institution in and of herself in terms of political power within the Democratic Party. But again, for the last five to seven years, there's not a whole lot of uh, good that you can see. And um, the, the, the problem with Dianne Feinstein is she represents a whole generation of older people from that time who just won't get off the scene. Trump would rather see America burn than just walk away. A Biden is determined not to walk away. And they see the data. They see polling say, saying, we want a different kind of future. We want a young future, you know, with ho- the hope of a dynamic person like JFK or Obama or, say, a younger you know, Bill Clinton, something like that. But as we're, you know, looking at the realities in front of us now, Dianne Feinstein is doing more, until she showed up and cast the first two votes, she was doing more harm to the Democrats in the same way that Manchin and Cinema have been doing harm Previously, for budgetary and I, you know, for the Build Back Better and IRA, uh, Inflation Reduction Act politics, that's what they were doing. They held Biden's agenda in limbo for, you know, about a year and they finally gave through. And yet in this unintended way, because of her health, Dianne Feinstein not being present, they don't have quorum to allow the votes. And so it was hurting the Biden judicial uh, appointment agenda. And that's where Biden needs to make some headway. Obama had uh, about 900 judges. I think Bush had about 700 judges. I think Trump got about 300 judges and thought it was a big deal. But Biden hasn't been able to put his imprint on the court as president. And ironically, it's friendly fire. It's, it's Dianne Feinstein that was holding it up. So she needed to show up, but it's not a good look. I don't mean to be ageist, but when you think about being 90, that's, that's old for anything. And even though we're living longer, there's new technology, new science, AI, you know, the, the average person's going to live longer than, than play in the past 50 years ago. There's something arrogant about the fact that she won't get a, a, a concede power. Who's she holding on to power for? She's not holding it on for ordinary people. She's not fighting for everyday people. 
So who is she holding her seat for except herself? And that ego is something that I think a lot of Democrats and Republicans are willing to put before the, the, the needs of the people. The Democrats need to have young blood, new blood. Gavin Newsom should be in Washington, D.C., you know, on some level. Um, the, you know, and you see Katie Porter and Adam Schiff and Barbara Lee running for a seat. Katie Porter represents new blood, new generation. And I think she's doing well. It actually hurts Barbara Lee to be running for Dianne Feinstein's seat because Dianne Feinstein's issue is the age issue. And I think that's going that's hurting Barbara Lee in the initial polling um, Katie Porter is new blood and fresh blood. I mean, you know, she's like a school teacher when she gets that board and starts breaking it down. She, you know, so that's the kind of she knows what I mean. And because she knows what's going to appeal to people who are watching those videos. Mm-hmm. She knows that visuals help. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have short attention spans. Oh, I'm, a now. I'm a teacher. I'm sitting there looking, yeah. learning with her. I'm like, she's amazing. <laughs> I wish I could be like that. <laughs> but my point is, that's the kind of dynamism the Democrats need to have a Katie Porter more so than a Barbara Lee or a Adam Schiff, replace Dianne Feinstein would energize that that seat. But Senator Feinstein refusing to retire and give up her seat isn't just about optics. There's a catch, and it's one that Professor Taylor says could be pretty severe. Now, here's the negative side, Mallory. When Dianne Feinstein goes off the scene, California loses all of her seniority in the U.S. Senate. And it does matter in terms of uh, seating, in terms of uh, 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 prerogative to speak, in terms of the decorum of, you know, meetings, Robert rules of order. But just like with the Supreme Court, you know, there's a certain order so that when the judge, when the uh, chief justice comes out, he's in the middle. And then the most senior judge is on either side of the chief justice and the least senior or on the, the far outskirts from the chief justice to sig- signify power. And I'm suggesting in that kind of way, it may not be tangible for everyday life. But it is important in terms of the uh, uh, the proceedings of the Senate committee operations. And California, with a Dianne Feinstein in the room, has a lot of power because of her seniority. But because she's so senior, you know, she's not present or hasn't been present. And, and so we kind of lose it anyway, her, her seniority, because of her health. But I want people to appreciate when Dianne Feinstein is off the scene, the state of California's senior senator will be the guy who just replaced the vice president, Kamala Harris. And so there's no seniority there in D.C. And Padilla has little power in any room he's in because he's a junior senator from California. Be clear. If, for example, Kamala Harris was going for the Supreme Court instead of vice president, there's something called senatorial courtesy that required those who are recommending that person to go to the senior senator in that state. So anytime there's a Supreme Court justice nomination, the process is that the senior senator in that state gets uh, consulted first. And that person has power over a Supreme Court justice. So Dianne Feinstein uh, has power over a Supreme Court justice appointment. And the problem is with her ailing and not being present, it, it completely weakens California's position in Washington, D.C. So, you know, it's it's a two-edged sword. On one hand, you need her and her seniority. On the other hand, she's not 100% well. She's ailing and the seniority is not there because she's not there. There's this article, it says, House gets younger and the Senate gets older. And first of all, 
women are so, I mean, like historically, it's like we're being told all the time about like how we look, how we seem from other people. And it's like, you know, we don't want to follow with that narrative, but we also have to be realistic. And for me as a millennial, who is someone who knows that I'm probably going to have to work for a really long time. One of my thoughts, you know, in the past like year or so with Feinstein is like, and other aging politicians is, is staying or like fighting for your seat, almost trying to prove a point as if like you can keep working into your old age, you know, like what is this point that they're trying to prove with that? Because it does put a lot of pressure on us where we're like, wow, you know, I guess I am going to have to work that old, but do we want to, (laughs) you know, like I, I I wish that people just felt okay with being able to rest after a while, you know? Well, that's not the American mindset, you know, the American mindset, you know, with DeSantis and with Republicans in Congress is, and this happened in Europe too, the French and and, and the British, to try to uh, ratchet up the age of uh, retirement or social security eligibility. And it's unfortunate. But you know, if there's a there's a gender dimension to the the case of Diane Feinstein, uh, that is not present in the question of age around Trump and Biden. In other words, these two old men, uh, older men, um, uh, you know, it's sort of like Biden, you know, isn't ideal, and you know, but Trump isn't much younger. It's not like Trump is forty and Biden's eighty. You know, it's so you know back to back, and so that generation w- refuses to get off the scene and let the next generation come up. And as much as everybody loves RBG, and she's become a cult figure, RBG gave us ACB, Amy Coney Barrett, because she would not get off the scene when she needed to strategically. And if you know, about two years ago, Lindsey Graham told all aging Republican judges in the federal judiciary, retire, look it up, he said retire. We want all you guys off the scene so we can have a new generation of new blood in it. This has happened with Lindsey Graham. And the Democrats, of course, are too um, careful. I don't like the word, I hate the word, uh, the, the phrase politically correct. But that's what you know, I'm thinking, is that they're too careful to, to be that, that calculated. And, and again, the problem is that Dianne Feinstein represents a whole generation of people. It's not just her. It's Grassley, it's other people that refuse to get off the scene and be in the Senate for 30, 40, 50 years because they have power. And I think at this point, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg gave us Amy Coney Barrett, what is Dianne Feinstein going to give us if she continues to be be unable? Because even now that she's back, she's only there part time. And I'm sure there are methods and, and means by which she can cast votes electronically or have aides take a vote to the, you know, the Capitol physically, where she doesn't have to do it herself. But why are we having this conversation? This change, it comes in these waves, right? And if you miss, it's like surfing, you miss that wave. And it's like, you might you might miss that really productive wave. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what happens in the coming California can't afford to have a part time senator. California needs a full time senator fighting for people fighting in Washington, Bay Current is a production of KCBS Radio. For more Bay Area stories, subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, Rob. 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.